Andrew Dembina for Artsing Around, and here he is. Good afternoon to you, Andrew. Good afternoon, Sadia. Are you out and about today, or are you uh, in your home? I'm in my home office, where um, which is the uh, the HQ for uh, the hub for of magazine <laughs> editorial work and radio work. Okay, radio good. Work. And yeah, I've got yeah. your pictures, so if anyone wants to see the photographs that we are going to be talking about, you can go over to my Facebook page, Sadio's Money on Radio Three RTHK. Mm. Right. Well. Okay. So. Three items today, mm -hmm. two from overseas, and we will end with uh, an artist worth looking into in Hong Kong. Mm -hmm. So, starting off with uh, something which um, I don't like to make the Hong Kong listeners um, and possibly yourself, Sadia, too um, envious of, uh, <laughs> of the freedoms that others may have in, uh, in arts environments around the world. Mm -hmm. But um, nevertheless, I have sent you a picture of something that, uh, that would be, uh, that makes me also as I'm speaking to you right now, I've got both hands, fingers crossed that Clock and Flap will go oh, ahead as expected yes. this November. And you can see the link because of the first picture that I've sent you, right? Mm -hmm. One of the pictures, which is, uh, it's, it's in the UK and it is a lot of people um, standing in, a, uh, in an open music festival environment called Park Life. And mm. it's not in London, it's in Manchester. Oh, right. It's an annual event which was affected by COVID over the last two to three years um, when restrictions were in place in the UK, which they're not now. And the, um, the outdoors in the UK, I was going to say, the outdoors in the UK can mean that you get downpours. <laughs> and I say that anyone now listening to those words coming out of my mouth and say, well, have you opened your eyes in the last yeah, exactly. three weeks, Mr. Dempina? <laughs> it's, it's, it's been the case here. But that's precisely why the uh, organisers of Clock and Flap go for November usually, because that is a not 100% not guarantee, but usually a dry time of the year here, isn't it? Mm. So um, it's, um, it, that, that's something that I, that I went to ever since my uh son who is now 19 was a toddler and it's, oh. it's a really good family event and also the one that i looked into in manchester then park uh life mm -hmm. is also one that i saw images it is mostly to be honest people in their 20s i would say but mm. there were there were some um more mature folk with kids um and mature, mature folk without kids as well whose kids have flown the roost <laughs> and so it did look like a typical international type of uh, festival which had performers headlining was american rap star 50 cent who came over from america to the uk to play this manchester event uh from the uk itself lewis capaldi who's a big pop star these days for the last uh, two to three years solo pop singer um and also there was the uk electronic duo called chase and status and i particularly like their music because they're not only they don't only release their own stuff they're electronic music um but they also yeah they produce other people's um work too they've become a sort of uh, a double act of mm -hmm. production and releasing their own stuff and a lot of it is in the reggae genre oh, nice. uh, the broad reggae spectrum which mm -hmm. i am quite uh, partial to mm. um so so they they were they they uh, they were also there that happened over the last weekend and it was absolutely packed as wow. uh, as anyone can uh, see great. if you look up park life festival online dj's um who at you know 
contemporary music festivals for some time. There are always DJ booths. There were eight stages uh, in, uh, that were set up in one portion of the park. It must be a pretty big park if they had eight stages wow, and that was only yeah. part of it. It was described in one publication as being in a corner of the park. That's got to be a big park. <laughs> um, so, uh, and one of the biggest names in DJing was from BBC Radio and TV, Annie Mack. She is She's, she's been on it's the air on Radio 1 yeah. and 2. And she also, yeah, she also is one of the main anchors for Glastonbury Reports, the Glastonbury Music Festival in the UK every summer. Um, she's one of the two main presenters for that. So mm. that must have been good to see oh, her. It looks great. It looks uh, as packed DJ completely, session. isn't it? My goodness. Yes, yeah, it was. No, no, no figures were given. And, um, uh, and unlike some other festivals that I was reporting on back when Noreen was uh, in the chair there, uh, at that time it was necessary for people to show um, oh, negative, negative tests on yeah. the door. But that, that's all been uh, disposed of now. Yeah. Um, so it was in a place called Heaton Park, which is in the centre of Manchester. Uh, there was a VIP area where people were, had a kind of a, a little marquee area with, um, with drinks on tap, soft or otherwise. And um, it was really, really nicely, elegantly done, actually. Oh. Um, and there was a, there was also a street, as we have in Clock and Flap here when it's on, a street of um, um, of vendors uh, selling interesting uh, holdable takeaway things to eat, mm. which uh, a lot of restaurants from uh, across Hong Kong, not just the places you'd expect in trendy Soho and the likes, do every year when Clock and Flap is on here. Mm. And the queues were forming from 11 a.m. Oh, something gosh. that didn't start on Saturday. Until it's for the whole weekend, was it? Six this? Hours. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Saturday and Sunday from mm -hmm. 5 p.m., but people were queuing from 11. They were that hungry for a live yeah. music festival. I think people are, need it now. They just are looking for things now because it's been such a long time, hasn't it? Mm. Yeah, really. I mean, it's um, here, I guess, uh, by... Uh, well, we're, we're two and a half years, I'd say, aren't we, into it, really? Mm. But, uh, yeah. So that's, um, that was one big thing that happened in the realm of, uh, of pop music. Something completely different. Staying in the same part of the world... I, I was going to say staying in Europe, but as the UK is not in Europe in some senses, um, it's, uh, so we're staying in that part of the world, moving on to Switzerland from the UK, um, as the um, Art Basel, which we're familiar with the name of in Hong Kong, it all started in Basel, Switzerland, and they just kicked off yesterday, the Art Basel in Basel itself, um, after a three-year break. This is... Uh, um, so they... They, they actually took a break for three years. I think they had another reason before COVID to have one year where they didn't do it. But it's, uh, they're back in business. And yesterday was one of those previews where it was for serious collectors, media, by invitation only type of thing. And the public day starts from today, um, Thursday, and, and goes on till Sunday evening. And uh, as the media went in, there were lots of reports that came through from uh, from yesterday and it was um, an amazingly successful time for the commercial galleries selling work um, which was it, it kind of outdid expectations in a way um, there were new generations of artists being shown too it wasn't just the big names that are guaranteed to pull in money one picture that i've sent sadia there listeners um, is a um, a piece, a sculpture, a bronze sculpture of a spider from 1996, which oh. is by a um, yeah, it's by 
It's by a, an artist called Louise uh, Bourgeois, and she was born in France but lives in America. And she has, she has a piece in the Tate Modern in London permanent collection, which is much, much taller than this already eight-foot-tall mm, spider that, mm. that we can see in a picture that I sent just you. I just realised it was a spider, actually. I was looking to mm. see whether it was kind of ropes or something coming down, but oh, now, yeah. as I zoom in, I can see that it's a spider. Ooh. Yeah, <laughs> I don't like spiders. Uh, and, and the, 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 yeah, the one in the Tate, Tate Modern's per, permanent collection, mm. pretty much as soon as you enter one of its main entrances and you walk underneath it, mm-hmm. um, is uh, probably three times the height of that. Wow. But this one fits nicely into the venue that we can okay. see in our puzzle. Okay. Yeah. Um, and it, it, um, the, the, one of the organisers um, said that they were surprised and delighted to hear that some galleries had got more than they would sometimes get over um, a a few days of being at Art Basel within the first day. Um, And getting some specifics on that, in one article I read, uh, Mark Payo, who is the president of an international gallery called Hauser & Worth, uh, um, there is one of those in Hong Kong, uh, an outlet of that gallery, uh, reported selling more than, in US dollars, um, 75 million uh, wow. US dollars. Yeah, that's uh, that's around about um, 500 uh, million Hong Kong dollars in mm. the first few hours, and wow. that was including the uh, the spidery sculpture that we just discussed. Um, yeah, which um, which which went for 40 million US dollars or 314 uh, <laughs> ho- uh, million Hong Kong dollars. That spider. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there were signs of the markets rebounding because people had been a bit tentative, although we have spoken before that there have been some works sold for reasonable uh, amounts, particularly those those new NFTs, but, um, but in, in the traditional formats like sculpture, painting, yes, printmaking yes. and so on. Um, there, there hadn't been such an explosion over the years. So um, also galleries commented that, that they were surprised and glad that a lot of Asian visitors were over in person. Some had sent over, particularly from mainland China, um, it was mentioned, uh, agents for them, or they had agents that they'd arranged in the UK to go and do their looking and mm. negotiating for mm. them. Um, but, but there were some Chinese uh, some collect- collectors on the ground who had come over and done what's necessary and I suppose will be, um, you know, sort of... Um, uh, scheduling in the quarantine or whatever they have to do on the way back. Mm. And um, there were also visitors in Asia from Singapore, our very own Hong Kong, and South Korea. So another big-name gallery with an outlet or a branch in Hong Kong is the Gagosian, mm-hmm. and its uh, chief operating officer, uh, Andrew Fabricant, that's quite a good name, uh, detected a much broader mix of people at the VIP opening than there had been before COVID. Oh, oh. So that's, that's interesting. I think it's just revived um, people, hasn't it? People want to get out there now, that's it. Maybe it is. Perhaps the collectors you yeah. know, in, a, in a different realm have the, have the same or a similar feeling as those um, you know, revellers at uh, the pop concert yeah, that we mentioned at the beginning to just immerse themselves in something they love. Mm. And uh, so, um, uh, yes, one of the common threads, though, of the Art Basel, which is on now until the end of Sunday, is a, uh, a, a kind of push to get newer upcoming 
artists into the mix, not brand new, but those who have, let's say, five to ten decent exhibitions, either being in group shows or solo shows on their CV, um, to be uh, exhibited at the same time as galleries who have really established artists. So the gallery that I... Uh, uh, that I just mentioned was doing that, and so was another one called Gallery Templon in Paris, uh, based in Paris, and their executive director said that her gallery has anticipated that some people will be reticent to, or, or, or unable because of being impacted by COVID, possibly with the, the, uh, the amount that they can budget towards fine art. So they are deliberately showing some of the names that are not the ones always expected to show up as Art Basel, particularly in Europe. And that gallery, Gallery Templeton, had had a bit of a focus on some of the strongest artists coming out of um, different countries within Africa. Mm-hmm. And I've got to say that in my, in my world, some of the prices that were going for sale for these African artists um, who are very known in, um, in domestically for their fine art and also becoming more so for collectors internationally, there's one called Omar Barr. That's O-M-A-R and then B-A. And uh, a piece of his went, it was a painting, for around 150,000 US dollars. Yeah, that's around um, 2 million Hong Kong dollars, which Mm. is not to be sniffed at. Mm. And, um, yeah, so... so Quite an appetite, doesn't there, really? They have been doing... Yeah, they've been doing well. Mega galleries um, are are really doing what I mentioned of uh, probably putting more than 50% of their artists as the non-high-ticket, non-super-high-ticket items. There was, of course, the Gagosian that I mentioned earlier is one of the many galleries that uh, that is able to um, locate because of their good good name and contacts, uh, works by the likes of Picasso, and one of his pieces um, is on show and wasn't sold until the end of play yesterday on the first uh, uh, sort of preview day and that is a portrait of his wife of Picasso's wife uh, Francois Gillot and it's that one is marked up at 20 million euros or in our money 164 million Hong Kong dollars lucky wife Um, (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah well yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure neither the wife or Picasso himself would have <laughs> dreamed that they'd be fetching that sort Absolutely. of money at any at any time in, in the future. That's right. Um, so the um, uh, the young artists also had uh, were the subject of well, and will be, I should say, because it's still going on till Sunday of some of the uh, workshops and discussions that are going to be going on. Some of them are more kind of workshop style that are held in galleries themselves rather than in, rather than in lecture theatres where, where you have to register, uh, which is uh, the latter is the same as the way that things happen when Art Basel Hong Kong is on. You have to kind of sign up to go to those. Not so much about COVID, but just about there's a capacity of, uh, of people that are able to get into mm, an auditorium. Mm, mm. So they are even having talks on some of the um, uh, less A-list artists there so that's good to see because i remember mentioning uh, we were chatting not too long ago about art central uh saying that they didn't go for a list or when they started they didn't mm, go for a list mm. artists they deliberately went for those that were more uh, affordable and mm. more regional to mm. asia moving on to uh something about a hong kong artist whose name is Teresa chan um she had 
an exhibition that is not on. It was only on for nine days, and I didn't get the chance to talk about it previously, but I want to talk about her work. It was something that was on uh, in the last week and a half of May, which, uh, which coincided with Art Basel and Art Central. So I didn't really get the chance to talk about it because there was so much going on with those mm-hmm. at the same mm-hmm. time. Um, but what she does, and this is another picture that I've sent you, Sadia, yes, the one yes, that we yes. haven't talked about yet, mm-hmm. um, is that she turns fallen leaves into smallish, depending on the size of the leaf, um, uh, art pieces of uh, artwork by cutting them yeah, with scissors, knives. Oh, it's yeah. all cut. That's interesting. Mm. Cause it's almost like what, a what, shadow. What, how, that you yeah, can how see. would you describe what you can see there? Well, I can see somebody holding up a kind of golden leaf which has cuts in it, but cuts mm. that are making a face, and then they're pointing it to a wall which almost maybe through the shadow, the light is working, and it's coming up on the wall as a, as a proper kind of uh, a silhouette of, of a gentleman. Exactly, yeah. Um, it's, uh, it's a portrait of a late canto pop icon, Leslie Joan, who was uh well, he was also an actor mm-hmm. and the photography of the leaves actually i've only sent you one but the photography that's been taken of her artwork as she's gone on not just for the exhibition but that that she has on her instagram page which i'll give you in a moment um is also um uh, quite i mean it's heavily i think it's photoshopped so the shadow mm-hmm. that you can mm-hmm. see yeah, would not be it's much darker, darker than a yes, real shadow that's right. but there would be a real shadow but she's emphasized it in this photo or whoever did the artwork in the photo using photoshop or whatever has made it very very black indeed but the leaf itself as with all of her work remain uncolored um she does add something um, to varnish them and give them a bit of a sheen mm. and to give them more longevity. Looks quite golden, actually. Mm. Yeah, it does. And I think that's the way the light is catching it because mm. she, she says that she does use some, um, some, some cream to preserve them and oh. also just to give them a sheen because right. they are almost crisp dry when she, uh, you know, if they're kept in air conditioning. So she puts some kind of bit of moisturiser on them, probably, mm-hmm. to uh, mm-hmm. give them a better, a better luster. And she has chosen as her theme different things that remind her of Hong Kong or people that remind her of Hong Kong. But she was brought up in one Thai, and so a lot of connection with the districts that she's come from goes into it. And one of the big connections is that she's collected leaves only from trees that are that stretch a route between Wan Chai and oh, Tai Hang. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and she's actually made a map which even though the exhibition that she had on has finished, uh people can have a look at this map and I will give you um the details of this on her Instagram um uh page. But I uh but I'll give you I'll give you that soon. But I wanted to mention that um, you can follow a, a map which will give you online um, the it will give you the type of tree information, uh, what she did with it, show you the artwork, and, um, and and then you can continue on a route either virtually by looking at her tree map as she calls it, or um, or you can just have a look at an artwork and um, you know because it because you sort of want to see more about that artwork, she gives a little bit about it. Um, I, that, that website, while I'm talking about it, then, is, is a very simple one. It's all one word, one, tra- one chai tree. So W-A-N-C-H-A-I-T-R-E-E dot com. That is to see her, her map. And uh, from there, 
you can then there's a there's a link to see her Instagram. I won't give you okay. the Instagram because it's a bit long with underscores and so on. Okay. Unless unless people have got a pen handy, That's great. they probably won't won't write it down. But go to onechaitree.com to to see that. But other subjects that uh, that you will see that she's made are um, there's a an old um, U.S. Navy boat that came in. Um, to, to Hong Kong a lot. It was one of the regulars that used to come into the Fennec Pier, which is in Wan Chai. It's just about Wan Chai. It's kind of on the edge of Admiralty, really. And it, it was um, it was a place where overseas, um, mostly military, but sometimes I think other um, commercial boats would also be able to dock there. And uh, people who worked at sea, whether for armed forces or in cargo vessel capacities could get um with their with their sailors card um certain privileges in the restaurants and shops and barbers and so on that were there this is a building which is in her neighborhood where she grew up and so she used to sometimes go there and see different frigates and different cargo ships so she made one out of a banana leaf she's cut out a that's one of hers yeah yeah and um, then from history, she, so it's not all modern day stuff. She's made, she's cut out a, a leaf into the shape of a heart, which really looks, reminds me, I mean, it's not, it, it, it's as detailed as one can be with a pair of scissors and a leaf, but it looks like you can see the tubes at the top of a, of a human heart, the aorta. Oh, right. And it's, it comes from an Indian almond tree, which is um, one of the old trees that were planted in the Wan Chai area. And it marks the death of a student who was killed by a bomb attack in one chai. So it's got that association, not only the tree, but an incident that happened in 1967 when the city saw large-scale riots against the British colonial government, uh, otherwise nicknamed the Star Ferry Riots that happened in 1967, which was uh, a, a major historical event in her neck of the woods. Mm. Um, and what are some of the, some of the other ones are just some of them are household items that she grew up with but they're just an interesting look into the thoughts of someone who's using leaves of one chai and a pair of scissors and as i said the exhibition was on at the hong kong art center you can see um some of the uh stills of what was shown on the same website uh um there's a link to what was shown at the uh um, at the Art Centre exhibition that was on at the same time as Art Basel and Art Central. And she did actually make a comment during the time that Art Central and Art Basel was on, saying that um, she knows that her work is, is very different from what was being shown also in the Wan Chai Exhibition Centre nearby, in that there was lots of information. She had a an enlarged version of the online map. She did a massive print house and put it on the wall and there, there were photos taken of her explaining the route to people and talking about some anecdotes. Very nice, actually. I always, uh, whatever the art is in a gallery, I think to have the person who did the creating to be there to explain it to people as they were there. But listeners and Sadia, you can find out more by going to that website. That's brilliant. Thank you so much, Andrew. And I think that's okay. about all we have for today. I look forward to talking to you again next week. And I think that's about all I have today too. Coming up to the news at one o'clock.